Hello, hello. Welcome back to the new Bucket List Podcast. My name is Lisa, your Bucket List Coach. Today, my guest is Andrew Patterson, all the way from South Africa. After the shock of losing his job, he coped by climbing Table Mountain every day for one year and turned that into so much more. Thank you for joining me, Andrew. It's a great privilege to be here. Thank you for having me. So how did you see the restructure of your company happening? Did you know that you were going to lose your job? It was a very interesting process because, you know, our department was initially told that we were going to be safe from uh, the restructuring, um, which happened. So this, this first kind of inclination happened in March of 2017. And then, you know, a month later, just before the Easter weekend, uh, they called us in and said, no, actually, sorry, uh, your department is going to be affected and we'll let you know after the Easter weekend, um, you know, how we're going to restructure your department, which of course everybody wasn't too happy about because now they were stressing over their long weekend with their families. And, um, it was, it was interesting for me because I had a very specialized role in my department. In fact, there was nobody else in the company who could, uh, could do what I do, which was category management. And so initially I, I felt like relatively confident. Um, and then, you know, the experience of going into that meeting, uh, just beforehand, I, I got an email from a headhunter just randomly to say, Andrew, I've got this, uh, position that I would love to put you forward to, would you be interested? And it was interesting. As soon as I got that email, I knew that my name was going to be on the chopping block. Oh, no. And what was interesting is as we walked in, they said, there's one name in a red block and that is a position which has been made redundant, which means no more. Oh, and I knew my name was in that and it was. So it was, you know, I went from in one month to, okay, our department is fine to, okay, now our department's being uh, restructured to, okay, now I don't have a job. So it was, it was quite a, a rapid decline. Wow. Wow. That, that would definitely be a shock. Yeah. Um, so when we talked earlier, you, you, had, you used a really great reframe for it. So yes. what did you do to cope with this blank slate, as you put it? I love that you threw a positive spin on something so well negative well you know i i'm I, I always like to look at what are the lessons that i can learn through things and when the 2008 crash happened uh, the company i was working for there actually got liquidated which is even worse than a restructure it meant everybody lost their jobs in one go and got no money um so i had been through something which i knew uh, like even now what we're going through with COVID, you know, it's not, it's not going to be like this forever. So my, my thought process was, okay, what, what can I do? And what do I want to do? And so, um, you know, I was kind of tired of the corporate lifestyle. I'd been in it for almost 20 years. Um, I was really, I had been doing some fundraising for some charities in South Africa with sporting events that I do. And I was kind of like, you know, I get so much more fulfillment from doing that. So maybe, maybe I could work for one of them and don't have my time once a week. Yeah. Um, I also love the outdoors and Cape Town is, 
if you haven't been, you need to get there because it is one of the most beautiful places uh, in the world. Um, I've, had, I've had the privilege to travel quite a few places and it was, it's always a treat to come home. And um, so I was like, well, what can I do that, you know, would be outdoors? And uh, because we have a lot of tourism, uh, I started to think about, and, I, and the fact that I love hiking, I thought, well, maybe I could start a hiking tourism company. And then that way, people that come to the country and they want to, uh, you know, explore the mountains, but they, they don't want to do it on their own, a little bit nervous. It's a great mm. way to, to go with somebody with local knowledge and then, um, you know, feel safe and, and get to do the off-beaten paths rather than just the, the standard routes that everybody does. So I kind of had like all these things floating around in my head. Uh, I call it the washing machine. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I had a month before um, I was out of that job. So I, I had like four weeks to kind of just uh, close off um, the customers that I worked with and let them know what was going on. And as you know, I thankfully have a very good support network as well. So being able to have conversations with people and, and really talk out how I was feeling about it, because I'd like to say it was, it was just, you know, I, I've been through this experience before, so it's just an easy transition. I'll just focus on the good things. It's, it was like waves, you know, I, there were moments where I would be like panicking and like how many money and what am I going to do? And, and then, you know, just. I had to bring myself back into trusting and just having faith that, uh, you know, something bigger was waiting for me. Wow. And yeah, it's clutch for you to have a support network like that, that you can openly tell them how you feel yeah. instead of keeping it in, which would only make your situation and your mentally much worse. Absolutely. And, you know, and, uh, it's, I suppose, also why it's so important to, you know, cultivate the right friendships because, you know, nobody was, was like trying to jump into solution mode with me either. It was, they were all just prepared to sit with me and ask questions and, you know, and help me explore, you know, what, I, what, what I was thinking and where I was uh, wanting to go. Um, you know, one of my friends as well, she's, tremendous in terms of like helping startup businesses and things like that. So she even came over the one night to get some wine and, and like, we just went over this template that she has of like, okay, so you've thought about the, the hiking tourism business now, like what is going to be your new unique selling proposition? And you know, how are you going to, uh, what do you need to do to upskill yourself to be there? So she had like all these different templates that we, we sat through and worked on together. Uh, it wasn't just like, here you go. Um, do it yourself. So yeah. I, was, I was just very fortunate to have all of that happen. And then, you know, um, with literally just eight days left, um, I was driving towards uh, work, which was about 45 minutes from, from where I lived. And, you know, the idea, I'm a writer as well. So I was like, you know, I love writing. Um, I'd love, I should be, everyone's been telling me to write a book, which, you know, what can I write a book about? Yeah. And, um, you know, I was, I was driving past Table Mountain and the idea literally just dropped into my head. You should climb Table Mountain every single day for a year. Wow. And it was such a simple idea that had the most profound impact on my life. Um, and I actually, were, I couldn't believe how simple it was. Uh, and, you know, I spent like the whole 45 minutes just losing my mind with happiness because 
I, it literally felt like my soul had been set on fire, um, mainly because it it took two very important uh, things for me. So number one, I'm I've, I'm always constantly looking to grow and develop myself, and I felt like this was going to be the greatest test of everything that I had pushed in terms of spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So everything that I'd been learned in my life, learning in my life up till then, I felt like this was going to test that um, and see how, where I was with, with it. And then secondly, because I'd been doing the fundraising, I saw the opportunity to use that as a platform to raise money and awareness for companies doing fantastic work in South Africa to rebuild uh, the country after all the injustices of the apartheid system that uh, we've only just come out of 25 years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a huge that's a that's a huge challenge you're taking on both mentally, physically, and to serve the people of your country. That's yeah. a huge thing to take on. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was, but it was it was fascinating because it it was also the first time in my entire life that I had 100 percent belief in myself. Um, I've always battled with self belief, so it's like you know. I'll, can I do this or should I apply for this job or maybe I'm not good enough for this promotion. And, you know, it's like this constant battle inside my brain. And I just, I couldn't explain it to anybody. And I actually tried not to talk about it because I didn't want to seem arrogant or, or even just jinx myself. But I, I just knew from the day that I had the idea that I was actually going to be able to do it. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. <clears throat> and I knew I had to train for it. But I just knew that my body was going to physically be able to cope with, um, you know, lasting throughout the year. We have pretty bad storms that come through in winter. Um, and, you know, as I've now understood, there's no such thing as bad weather. There's just bad preparation. <laughs> yes. So I, I just kind of, I knew that uh, I was going to be able to do it and I was just ex unbelievably excited to do it. So it was, I, it was the, the greatest gift that I've been given to date. Wow. Talk about finding your passion and just diving in head first that so many people find their passion and don't do that. They don't act. Yeah. And, and it's really inspirational that you didn't, push it aside and say, Oh no, I need to find a, a, a job when yeah. you went to make your, a job out of your passion mm. and serving in the process. That's incredible. But what made you not quit on the bad days, whether the weather, you had a bad storm, you were mentally drained, physically drained. How did you push through? Well, the, you know, the interesting thing is, by um, linking what I was doing to serve others, it, it this then became greater than myself. It was now more than just a guy climbing a mountain every single day. And, you know, it's I, as we raise money throughout the year, we actually um, put it to work so that people could see um, exactly who was benefiting from it, you know. So I would do a video and share with people, this is what it looks like for somebody who lives in a shack to now have a home built for them and what it means to have their own bathroom and, and running water and toilets. And, and so that way people could see the impact of, of what it means to give to people who have absolutely nothing. And so that was always powerful to then, you know, meet these people and, and actually 
personally be uh, involved and and have and be able to chat to them. So that was just like throwing jet fuel onto that fire that was burning inside. And and it was also because of all the work that I've done previously, I knew that the days I was going to remember the most were the days that were going to be the most challenging. You know, if you think about your life, you know, besides really like the day you get married or the day you meet somebody, those are, those are very different uh, kind of experiences when, when things are going well and, and um, it's something new. But on your normal day-to-day life, like the good days, if you have to think back 20 years ago or 10 years ago, I guarantee you wouldn't be able to give me a specific date. But when there's something that really traumatic happens, I guarantee you that you probably have a much, if maybe not the exact date, but you can say the month for sure. Well, so true. So true. And, and so I kind of like went into the, uh, the challenge as well, doing the mental work of, okay, well, what do I, what do I need to do? And I, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't foolish. I didn't ignore all the things like bad weather. I actually sat and thought, okay, so what are you going to do when there's bad weather? And, you know, thankfully I, I got a, a great sponsorship. And so I had all the correct gear, which makes a huge difference. And, you know, the, the, the main f- uh, thing is, is actually your mental focus. You know, what's the difference between walking 10,000 steps or a million steps, but tripping on one, it's because you just stop focusing on that one, um, that one step you, you know, you just become, you zone out. So yeah. how do I train myself to focus? And I would do little things like I stopped using the lift where I went and I lived in an eight story apartment building and, you know, I'd come home from a boys night out and it would be hoppers 12 at night. And, you know, I'd be like, Ugh, you know, no one knows, no one's going to care if I take the lift now. And in my brain, I was like, no, but you'll know. Yes. So I climbed up the stairs and you know, eventually what I did was I, I timed myself. I was like, okay, let's see how long this actually takes to climb eight flights of stairs. And it was one and a half minutes. And I thought, that's nothing. I thought, how many times have I stood waiting at the bottom for a lift that probably takes three minutes or four minutes? <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want to, you know, it's going to be quicker. So it was like all these little things that I was doing that were just kind of doing the mental prep so that when these bad days came, I was like, okay, let's get excited about it. And the the biggest the biggest thing that I did that helped me on those days when I was really starting to feel fatigued or something was my focus was always on today. So, you know, I only, my goal was always to climb, was to climb a table mountain the entire year, but I only needed to do it once a day. So when I woke up, what's today's goal? Get to the top safely and back down. Yeah. Once I got to the top, I was successful. Fantastic job done. You know, if I started thinking about I've got 300 left or 200 left, I would have driven myself um, probably insane. Definitely. So it was, I, I, you know, I kept thinking like, why was the, why was the idea for a year, not like six months or two months? But I think the year was just big enough that it forced me. Okay, what you, you're going to have to focus on today, and and so that was always the, and then you know, conversely that then helped me with the, the really difficult days when, okay, I just have to focus, get to the first contour path and get to the halfway point and then get to um, Ubuntu rock and then get to the top. And then, you know, so you, I broke that up as well, which, which then made it easier. Wow. There's three really good lessons. 
in what you just said. So there's not a bad day. It's bad preparation. Yeah. So, so many people don't prepare for the bad days. Yeah. Where um, there's this one author, Gabrielle Oettingen, and she created this thing, this um, method. And to prepare for the bad day, it was the if then. So if I don't feel good, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So you're prepared for it. It makes you write out every obstacle and put what you're going to do. Exactly. So that's a great lesson. Um, and the, oh my goodness, you just said it and I just forgot. <laughs> it's probably the one on uh, just focusing on today. Yes, be present. That's a huge lesson is just being present. Uh, when you look at 300 days, that's huge, but you don't have to climb it 365 times today. Yep. And there was one more in there that I have also forgot, but so you have so many great experiences that are transferable to literally anyone in any situation. Yeah. And it's, you know, it was, I think also one of the reasons why I was so excited to do it is I knew that I was going to be learning lessons that I wouldn't, um, would never otherwise like fully understand, you know, it's so easy to go and, and listen to uh, speakers and, and hear from successful people. But the reality is that it's, it's only in the actions that we truly start to ingrain and form an understanding at a deeper level. Yes. I mean, you, you can be inspired and motivated all you want by these speakers, but if you don't put it into action, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. There wasn't the impact that you want to have. Because like you said, the, oh, I remember the third thing. Um, that it's not a, it's not about you. Mm. You're doing all this. It may, you may have a crap day. There may be the most horrible weather or you may feel like garbage, but it's not about you. And that's a huge lesson that many people forget. When I heard uh, a speaker say that, say, it's not about me, that really struck me and mm. motivated me to to move forward and get out of my comfort zone to spread the message and, and ask people to be on my podcast, which I would have not normally, uh, normally done. I would normally not really raise my hand and ask, yeah. uh, Hey, do you want to be on my podcast where, where it's not about me? I want, I want all my listeners to know that they really can do anything. All, all the people I've had on my podcast, past guests and future guests, yeah, they're not superheroes. We're yeah. not, we're not special genes. It's just finding your, finding your passion, finding your message and putting it into action. It's finding that, that, uh, that spark inside, which pulls you one step at a time forwards versus you trying to force something one step at a time. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. Cause if you, are forcing yourself to do it, that may not be your passion. Mm. That's not keeping that spark going. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and uh, I, the, the worst day of the year for me, well, actually, there were two really bad days, but the, uh, the, the first one was in June when the 
there was a four day weekend of a terrible storm coming through and it was the Friday that was the first one. And it was, now I look back on it and I actually can't help but laugh because it's just so hilarious. It's so comical. Um, you know, I had just been given these rain pants and it was not really raining, but it was enough uh, moisture in the air. So I had to wear a rain jacket and I was, I'm a sweater. So I get hot very quickly and I was sweating within the first two minutes of climbing the mountain and I was so uncomfortable. And for whatever reason, I was in a bad mood that day. I think it had been like three or four days leading up to it. I had lost my focus of just today and was worrying about the storm for the four days. And no other day in the entire year that it rained did my rain pants start falling down, except on this day. Oh, no. So every single five steps, I had to pull them back up, which just obviously irritated me even more. Oh. And like... Thankfully it was raining because I, I let out like four cries of anguish on the mountain, which echoed. And I can only imagine like all the animals with their popcorn watching this idiot human being climbing. Um, I joke with my fiance, I, I call it that they watch Nestflix and um, <laughs> just, just laughing at this idiot human, like crying out and, and behaving like a, uh, an idiot on the mountain. But like, you know, I look back on that now and it's like, it's, it, it's actually hilarious. And it was uh, those bad experiences that you then learn the most from. And so it's... Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things. It's funny later, or you're saying yeah. there are those moments where you say to yourself later, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. yeah. That, those are the moments you always remember. Like, I don't... Have you been skydiving? I haven't. It's on my list. And, uh, you know, skydiving wasn't on my list, but I, I got invited. I said yes, because that's my thing, saying yes when I would normally say no. Yep. And uh, I went, and that moment, as we moved towards that open door, I will never, ever forget that moment. And yeah. I even now, I still, that was last summer, and I'm still saying to myself, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. And that was the moment. Like a defining moment. And those are the ones that will change you and shape you uh, going forward. It's, yeah. Well, we, the, we need to remember them. What's what's incredible about them is they have a compounding effect. So when, once you've managed to step over a fear or, or step past self-doubt once, then the next time it creeps up, you go, but I actually have done this before and it actually worked out well and it makes it a little bit easier for you. I'd like to say it disappears completely after once, but you know, unfortunately we're human beings. So that's, um, that's our curse, but you know, it, it's a, once you get through that first one, that first hurdle, it just makes the others become that much easier to be able to cope with because you have that frame of reference. Like you say, jumping out of a plane, um, you know, probably that last step is the most terrifying and then how did you feel like, like within the first two seconds of being in the air and flying down to the ground? Was it, were you terrified for a while or was it like instant joy? It was instant joy. As soon as I did it, I just said like the stress was gone. All that stress, the buildup in the plane, all of the, 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 heavy breathing. Cause I had started hyperventilating. Sure, yeah. um, I wasn't crying, but I was. Every fiber of my being was screaming, no, 
And then as soon as I was out of the plane, it was gone. It was peace. And same that with uh, a fear, heights is not a fear, but and I learned how to swim. When I learned how to swim, that was huge. Like I am in my late thirties and I only learned how to swim two years ago. And that was the a defining moment where if I never thought I would get over that. And when I did, I knew after that, that I really am capable of doing anything. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's a, it's a good thing. And those things are the moments you need to go back to and go, you know, if I did that, I can absolutely do this. And yeah, you actually bring up a really good point there because I think what we also tend to do is we, we always focus on, say for example, our failures where we uh, didn't push through or we didn't conquer one fear or whatever, but we always forget the, the times that we did. We, we almost like, put them under the carpet because like, ah, oh, yeah, but that was just at one time. I don't think we yeah. celebrate Well, no, I've been guilty of that. I, I haven't celebrated enough the, the successes that I have done to then be able to, um, you know, take on bigger challenges. And, and it's interesting that, you know, uh, I had a, a challenge that I had done before this one, which I was unsuccessful on and actually injured myself quite badly where I, I, it ended my trail running. Oh. But what it did do is it taught me um, what I couldn't have happened on a challenge which was going to last a year. Oh, and wow. the, the lesson in that was that I had over... Um, emphasize my, well, I'd, I'd, yeah, I thought my ability was the greatest and I underestimated the challenge. So that in itself was like a really good lesson to then make sure that I didn't do that again. So I, I put a whole training program together and made sure that I didn't get injured like that again. So it's always making sure that you understand what, what is it that you, what, what caused the, the, the failure the previous time and then learn from it. Yeah, sometimes your ego needs a little and a little check. Oh yes, I I definitely needed that. (laughs) Well, what's your what challenge are you working on now? Well, uh, this coronavirus has unfortunately um, had such a devastating impact in South Africa. Not so much on the deaths yet, uh, because they've had an extreme lockdown where. Um, all businesses are closed except for essential ones. And they've only recently relaxed the exercising where you're allowed to go outside of the house for more than three hours every day. So it's been pretty extreme. They've, they've, uh, they banned alcohol sales and, um, even tobacco sales for two months, which has made a lot of people very antsy, but we, you know, we have about 30 million people who were before this living in either below the poverty line or on the poverty line. And, you know, their, their jobs of like being a petrol station attendant or a, a nurse or a, um, what do you call it? A waiter. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're now, um, they're unable to feed their families, which they use their money literally day to day, not even week to week. So one of the charities that I worked with is called One Heart for Kids two years ago, and their specific focus is um, eradicating illiteracy 
Um, so they've got these very amazing international books that uh, get donated to under-resourced schools, which help the teachers teach the kids to read. Oh, wow. Now that the, the, but now that the schools are closed, you know, these children don't even have access to laptops, never mind like electricity. Yeah. So we're, um, we're going to be trying to raise some money for them, um, not only just for the books for the individual children, but then give food parcels to the family. Oh, my God. That's such a great thing. Yeah. So Lisa's just an amazing human being. And um, so I'm, I'm currently living in New York, and there's not too many mountains around for me to climb. No, but there are, but there are buildings, so pretty tall buildings. And the the apartment building that I live in is forty stories high, and nice. so I've been training for another event that I've been planning for a while, um, just using the stairwell. And then while I was training, I thought, why don't I, why don't I just do like an event using the stairs? And um, it's very synchronistic. I am forty years old. The building has forty flights of stairs. And so I thought, what the heck, let's try and do it 40 times in a day. Whoa. So, so that's, I'm hoping to do this in, in 12 hours or less. And, um, yeah, so we're getting people to sponsor uh, how many times they think I can climb the building. And, and, and also to challenge them to say, why don't you see, you know, how many times you could do it. Um, and maybe even put a team together and, and tackle the 1,600 flights of stairs, which effectively works out to uh, Table Mountain seven times oh, up and down in a day or the Empire State Building 16 times. Well, you'll have to come up to Toronto and climb the CN Tower. Jeez, how tall is that? Tall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how tall it is, but I know you can climb. They do charity climbs. Uh, on the stairs and I know it's uh well that's that's kind of what's uh helped me I know there's like an international circuit but that's usually speed climbing where they just they race up and they do these insane things I know they do that with the Empire State Building oh wow Uh, so that's what kind of gave me the inkling when we were moving to New York to be like oh okay I'm sure I can use the stairwells as a way of, of keeping fit and I can tell you it is it's seeing as we obviously haven't been able to go anywhere or do anything, um, I've had extra time to focus on, on using the stairs. And actually, I think the fittest I've ever been. Wow. Well, that's a really, that's, that's a really resourceful way to still get climbing and raise money for charity. That is, that's very creative and, uh, need to be creative in times like this. Absolutely. You'll have to send me the links. And I will put those in the description under the podcast. And, Thank you. Uh, Appreciate that. Where, where can uh, where can uh, my listeners find you? Uh, the easiest is on Facebook. They can find Andrew Patterson, or on Instagram. Uh, my handle is what the name of the challenge was, which is three sixty five. That's all the numbers. Ubuntu climbs. Ubuntu is spelled U B U N T U. And it's, uh, it's an African word that is, encompasses the spirit of humanity. And it was just the perfect word to use in the challenge because, um, you know, it's, it's all about an understanding that I am because of everybody around me and vice versa. So good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I will put all your links in, uh, in the description here so that people can find you. Awesome. Uh, and I do have one last question. I, I didn't tell you about it. 
I forgot. Usually I, I will, I will preface it, but I didn't. Um, so the final question I usually ask my guests is, uh, if you died today, what would you be pissed that you didn't get to do? Whew. The challenge on Saturday. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, if there's one thing that, uh, I'm very grateful for is that while I have battled with self-belief most of my life, I have always, uh, said yes to more things than I've said no, which has pushed the boundaries of being able to like, you know, meet my fiance and, and, uh, live overseas in London and, uh, do things that scared the hell out of me. I love it. I love it. You're an inspiration. You're you're the perfect guest for this podcast because that's exactly what my book is all about. Fantastic. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you to pleasure. our listeners. I hope you are all inspired by Andrew's story, and I hope that you will take your steps towards your goals, no matter how crazy or out there they sound. I believe in you, and you got this. Bye now. <laughs>